Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to uh, Matthew 1st chapter, starting in verse 18. Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. What a beautiful day. Gee, I wish I was up north where I was freezing to death. (laughs) No. (laughs) Follow along with me, please. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take you, take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, just the opportunity to be here today, uh, the opportunity to, to open your word. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus in, in our lives. Father, I would pray that at this time you would open our hearts and open our minds, that you would lead us in a direction that, that only you could lead. And Father, in all of this, we'll give you the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but you want to leave those Bibles open. <clears throat> you know, um, Christmas. You know, it, it, is, it is that time of year when we think about this, of, of what Christmas means to, um, to each and every one of us. Um, it means different things. Sometimes, and, and what I was speaking of before, um, sometimes Christmas is difficult for, for many people because it, it brings back memories. Um, I, you know, I, I've thought many times of what it was like uh, to have um, Christmas as, as a child. You know, there's not a lot of things that... And maybe I, and maybe you're the same way as me. I I don't know, but but when I think about Christmas as a child, um, and I know I've probably mentioned this to you before, but but uh, when it comes to thinking about all the presents, and and I'll tell you what today, 
today, um, and I suppose maybe before, I don't know, but, but one of the things that I found as being a parent um, was when Christmas rolled around, there was always the stress of, of trying to be able to get it all done um, and, and be ready on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, what, whatever it, it might have been. And, and you, you stress yourself out over, what am I getting? Will it be enough? I got enough for this one. Did I get enough for that one? Um, what is the amount? Is it, is it size? Is it, is it a monetary value? Um, what, you know, that just knocks the living daylights out of Christmas. It, it takes away from Christmas what should be a, what Christmas should be about. And, and it's a shame. But, I, you know, but when I think back, I, I don't think I could uh, tell you, I, I could not tell you five presents that I got in, when I was a child. Uh, I couldn't give you five of them. I couldn't. Unless you can count underwear and socks. And then I know I, you know, I know those, you always got those. Um, but, you know, you know which one I remember? Um, I remember a train set that I got, <laughs> we, uh, my dad worked on this. We, we lived in, in the house that we lived in on, in Attica, and, and uh, we lived downstairs, and my grandparents lived upstairs. And um, uh, every night for uh, a couple of weeks, I knew something was going on, but every night after dinner, dad would go upstairs, and I couldn't go. And what he was doing was he was up in one of the rooms upstairs and he was putting together um, a train set. And it was, it was big. It was four, four by eight sheet of plywood. And he, you know, put the, the town on it and all of that stuff and, and then put, laid the track in there and, you know, bought the train and all of that neat stuff. And, and uh, uh, he worked on that and he put, put his labor into that. I remember that. And I'll bet you... Um, I, I received gifts um, in, in my childhood. It cost more than that train did. But there was nothing that I received that more of my, my dad went into than, than that train set. And, and I remember we had gone to church. We went to the Christmas Eve service, and, uh, which, incidentally, you should be at. Um, <laughs> and, and when we got home, because we always opened gifts on, on Christmas Eve, most all the kids are gone. Well, you know, Santa comes while you're at church, so you remember that. Um, <laughs> we got back from from uh, church on on Christmas Eve, and and uh, we got there, and we were going to open up the gifts, and they walked me into my bedroom, and sometime while we were gone, they set the train the train set up in my bedroom, and it was you know it had uh, it had four legs on it, which would fold up and could roll under the bed, and all oh, it was really neat, and and the light was off, and I walked into my room, and I could just see this big table, and I went cool, it's a pool table. And, <laughs> flip oh it's a train <laughs> oops but you know that's what I remember that's what I remember we remember we remember what we what what is where the heart went we remember where the heart went I remember more about boy am I off track here wow I remember more about going fishing with my dad then I remember and going to a baseball game with my dad than anything else. I do. I do. You can't spend 
money and, and, and get that kind of a result. This is the result. It's what's in our lives. You share what is you. And you know, as we go through the Christmas story, that's what, that's what this is all about. I talked about Mary a couple of weeks ago, and, and it really, you know, look at who Mary was. No, don't, don't think about maybe the, the commercialism. That, maybe we don't go that way with, with, with uh, the birth, but yeah, we, don't, we just, we, we think about, about Scripture, and sometimes we think about the people in Scripture, and we think about, um, um, we, we, I don't know, we don't, put, we don't put a face with it. We don't put a heart with it. Do you know what kind of a heart Mary had to have to do the job that the Lord had given her to do? You know, and, and we think about Mary. Well, we were, you know, there's some, some religions that, that worship Mary. Shouldn't do that. Sorry, shouldn't do that. But they worship Mary. Anybody ever worship Joseph? What about Joseph? What about that heart? You know, God picks us not because of financial status. He doesn't pick us because of, of, of uh, maybe a, a societal status. Um, he picks us by heart status. He picks us by what's here, whether he can work with you or not. You know, uh, uh, that's, that's, why, that's why you don't see um, um, the... The people, uh, you know, political figures, Hollywood figures, um, you, don't, you, don't see, you don't see them speaking of Jesus. And, and most of them have no reason to. Most of them don't care. They care about where they're at in their lives. It's not what's here. It's not what's here. That's why God chose not only Mary, but he chose Joseph chose Joseph because of who Joseph was in here. There was no social status. He was a carpenter, you know, and he was older. And he and Mary were betrothed to be married. You know, there was a, there's an age difference here. And the only thing I can picture is, is that, you know, when Mary was born, I don't know, somewhere along the line, um, you know, Joseph... Um, Joseph built a table for her parents. I don't, I don't know how it happened. And, 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 and there was something, you know, you, you know this had to be an agreement. Um, it, it was an arranged marriage that they were going to have. Joseph was older than Mary. And I, I kind of guess, you know, because you never hear about Joseph after, after a while. You, you, you don't hear anything about him because he died. I, and, and I don't, you know, I know Mary was, was a teenager, 15-ish or whatever, when, when, when uh, Gabriel came to her. And, and she is betrothed to this guy who's probably 20 years older than she is. He's 35. Um, uh, Joseph didn't last the, 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 whole, the whole thing. He never got to see who Jesus became, probably. You know, but Joseph had a heart, too. He really did. He loved Mary. God didn't choose him because, because Mary was a piece of furniture for Joseph. He was, she wasn't. Joseph loved Mary. Don't let anybody kid you about this. Because Joseph had, had ample reason by law to take matters into his own hands. 
when, when Mary became, when she became pregnant. That's why. You know, he could have, God could have picked um, the king of, of Israel, or, well, of Judah. Could have picked the king. Look at the status that Jesus would have had. Look at the platform that Jesus would have had. Problem was, the king probably had uh, X amount of concubines and, and all, of, all of that trash going on. And, and, and what, what, what kind of a life would that have been? What kind of a person was that? Well, Herod. Wow, that would have been good. Do you think Jesus could have grown up in Herod's household? Do you, do you see? There's a reason. Joseph's, Joseph's a good, he's a good guy. He had hopes and he had dreams. Dreams of building that life with Mary and what it was going to be like. Guys, if, you, if you've been married, you know what that's like. You think about what that was going to be like to, for, that, for that special lady that, that you're going to be married to. You, you think about what you'll be able to achieve together and how special that, that'll be. Jo- that's Joseph. That's who he was. He probably thought, wow, we're going to get married. We'll have lots of kids. They can work in the, work in the carpenter shop with me. We're going to have a company here. We'll have a, <laughs> well, this will be great. No, I love my wife. I love my wife. And, and that's, that's what Joseph was thinking of. You see, and, and they were in this betrothal, you know, this engagement, and I've explained this to you time and time before. It's not like a regular engagement. This is like being married, you know, except that, that they aren't living together and they don't, are not having relations together. And, and, but, man, they're the next thing to being married, and he loves her. You know, and in that period of time, Mary becomes pregnant. And she knows why. Gabriel told her why. You are going to be carrying God. God. Emmanuel, the Messiah. You'll be carrying him. And how special. But then she's got to be able to tell Joseph this. And, and honestly, you know, it, it, this is a crazy story. Yeah, I was, you were overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and now you're pregnant, right? You see, it's a nutty story. It's crazy. Nobody would believe it. But it was prophesied to happen, you see. Over 300 prophecies that were written about the coming of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Prophecies that talked about, about a virgin birth, you know, and, and unfortunately, there is, there's versions of the Bible that are out there that, that when it comes down to it written, when it comes down to Isaiah 7:14 that talks about a virgin birth, they, they said, "Well, you know, it's, it's, it's close. Um, really, what, what this is and what we're, what, when you translate the language, it works out to young lady. Oh, give me a break. It does not. <laughs> you know, people just they just. And, and it's just, you know, you, guys, she was a virgin. She was a virgin. There's a purpose for this. A purpose for this. Overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. This crazy story, but yet it's true. And it's, it's a true story. You see, the Holy Spirit did come upon her. 
You see, and no one was going to believe this story, including Joseph, and I can only imagine how Joseph must have felt in this. Guys, how would you feel? Joseph was crushed. He was crushed. Everything that, that he had, had dreamed of, the years that he knew that, that, that Mary was going to one day be his and they were going to build a life together, and now she's pregnant. He was crushed. You know, you talk about your plans changing. What was going to happen? What to do with her would have been first and foremost in Joseph's mind in what to do with her. What about, you know, you talk about what's Mary's parents. Well, yeah, they went through a lot too. But Joseph, what am I going to do with her? You see, the Mosaic Law would have said that, that for Mary, stoning would have been the proper sentence to, to, to do to Mary. Now listen, they weren't going to take her out behind uh, uh, one of the buildings and just stone her to death. This would have been public. They'd have dragged her into the middle of the square and they would have stoned Mary to death. That's what they would have done. She'd have been killed. The child would have been killed. And Joseph would have been justified in doing such a thing. That's what would have happened. That's why he chose Joseph. Look, um, in, in verse 19, it says, And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. God chose Joseph because Joseph had a heart. Because he truly and honestly loved Mary. And there was no way, no way, that he was going to do anything other than to take care of her and take her away secretly. He was not going to stone her for what, for what had happened, regardless of the craziness of the story. That is why God chose Joseph. Because Joseph had a heart. And Joseph loved Loved Mary. You know, and, and, and I know for, for years in reading that story, the, the story, I, I, duh, it never really occurred to me, but, but there, there is a gap here um, that between verses 19 and 20 um, where, where he's, he's talking about he secretly put her away and, and while he thought of, and, and then it's, it, it cuts back to where Joseph is, is having a vision in the middle of the night. You know, there, there's a gap that's in between. There's, there's, and, and it doesn't really talk about this. But you know that Joseph doesn't want to stone Mary. He doesn't want to put her to death. He's got he's to do something with her. Flip over in your Bibles to, to uh, Luke 1. In, um, in verse 39, just let me read a little bit of this to you. Luke 1, in verse 39, where it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. She's moving. To the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and without going on a whole lot farther, you know, guys, there's, there's, as a crow flies, there's 60 miles between 
between where Mary and Joseph lived and, and Jerusalem. 60 miles of different... You know, it isn't like today. You know, Mary, you're, you're pregnant. Um, you want to go visit your aunt? Why don't we just hop in the car and we'll drive 120 miles or whatever to do, you know, so that you can go see them? No. They just didn't do that. But yet Mary, with haste, was taken to, to, uh, to see Zacharias and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth being her aunt. Do you see what they were doing? They were putting her away. They were, get, they were hiding. This was Joseph's answer to this. He was taking Mary and he was taking her away. He wasn't going to have her stoned because he loved her. And so he took her to the only safe place that he knew. And that safe place was with Zacharias, who was a priest in the temple, and, and with Elizabeth, her aunt. And, and she was 60 miles away. Nobody was going to know her. They could make up any story that they wanted to make up where her husband was killed or whatever. Whatever it was going to be, they could take her there and she could be in safety right there. And she could have this child and, and everything would be fine. Everything would be fine. But then if you go back then and you go to Matthew 20, now, now you see this. In Matthew 20, And while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph has taken Mary, he is back home, life is going to go on, and he has this dream. And in that dream, an angel comes to him and says, Joseph, you know, everything that Mary's been telling you about this is true. Buddy, don't be afraid to take her as your wife because she's telling you the truth. God can work with Joseph. Not because Joseph's a carpenter. Not because Joseph has a high standard of living or something, because he doesn't. It's because what's right here, right here, it's the heart. Guys, there's no difference between Joseph's heart and your heart. He was open to the Lord. You need to be in your life open to the Lord. You need to be, because he can work in you. But you see, this was a, a, a miraculous plan. The plan is explained to Joseph. It's a miraculous plan of a a virgin birth, a miraculous plan that will bring hope to the world. And that's exactly what this was all about. They will call his name Jesus. They will call his name Emmanuel, for he will save, save his people from, from their sins. A miraculous hope. A miraculous hope. Guys, in, in light of the miraculous hope, I've got to add something here. Looking down at, at verse 23, where it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Guys, you want to celebrate Christmas? Here it is. A miraculous, a miraculous hope. Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy in, from, from Isaiah, written 700 years before. Three 
hundred prophecies that talked about the, the first advent, the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Messiah to this world. Three hundred, listen, three hundred prophecies in Scripture. And every one of them came true. I've, I've heard the analogy that, that if you took the state of Texas and you, and you filled it this deep in quarters, and then you took one and you colored it in with a, with a magic marker and you threw it out into the middle of Texas and then blindfolded somebody and asked them to go in and, and find that quarter, the odds of 300 prophecies coming true is is greater than you walking out into the middle of the state of Texas and finding that quarter that was covered. Mm. And you look at it and you say, it's absolutely impossible to walk into the middle of the state of Texas and find that quarter that you had marked. And you're right, would have been absolutely impossible, but not with God. And so listen to me here, and I mentioned this last week, and if you weren't here last week, you missed it. There are eight times more prophecy to the Lord's second coming than there was to the first coming. Which one do you think is more important? Which one do you think the Lord is trying to get across to you? It's he's coming back. Guys, get that. Get that. He's coming back. Eight times more prophecy to the second coming of Christ. You see, Jesus came to save his people. And, and when you think about it, think about the sacrifice. You know, think about the, this babe that comes. God in the flesh. God in the flesh that walks amongst us. Walked amongst them. God. God. Let's think for a moment to see if there's any other religion that has a God who put himself in our shoes and walked on this earth. I won't make you think about it. There aren't any. There are none. God in the flesh. He who went through this life and lived a perfect life. A perfect life life without sin. If you know anything about, about sacrifices in, in the Old Testament, when you, when you read about those things, you, you realize that, that if you were a shepherd and, and you were going to give one of your sheep for, for the slaughter, for, for a, a, a sacrifice, you didn't go and find the one that, that a wolf had hit you know, a week earlier. You didn't go and, and get the one that has the limp. You don't go to get the one that's dragging a foot behind him. No, you go and you find the perfect lamb. Because the sacrifice is going to cost you something. That's, that's the idea behind sacrifice, okay? It's going to cost you something. And so you pick out your perfect lamb. And, and you take that lamb and you give that lamb for the slaughter to be sacrificed for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. Perfect life. He lived in this world without sin. And because he could do that, 
He could go to the cross and he was that perfect, perfect sacrifice. Perfect. And he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Guys, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, had to be born of a virgin. Um, it, it says in Scripture, in, in knowing who God is, that, that uh, in, in sin, we were all born. And, and in sin, we were all born. But Jesus was not born in, in sin. He was born of a virgin, and she was overcome by the Holy Spirit. You get the idea? And he was perfect throughout his life, throughout his life, and he shed his blood. That perfect lamb of God shed for you. Amazing God. Our hope. Guys, our only hope in this world is, is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's our only hope. Listen, I, I, think about this. Think where we were a, a, a year ago and look where we're at today. We think about this mighty nation that, that we have always been. Guys, we're tearing each other apart. We're imploding. We're in a place that, that I cannot, I can't even imagine. Last year at this time, I never would have thought that we would be where we are today. Yeah, we are. We're, we're totally lost. God is being pushed out of everything. Look at what's happening in the schools. Look at the riots that are going on in, all throughout the country. We're lost. We're lost. But let me give you this word of advice. It's not getting better. It's not. We're not going to fix this. We're not. Our only hope is in Jesus Christ and in him alone. Don't look for man. Don't, honestly, don't look for man to, to fix all of this. Don't look to our government to fix it all. Quit looking in that direction. It is not going to happen. We, we've tried to legislate morality for years. Guess what? We can't do it. The immoral can't fix the immoral. It doesn't work that way. We cannot fix what is going on here. We can't fix who we've become. Listen, there is only one hope that we have, and that hope is in that miraculous hope, that miraculous hope of Jesus Christ. And guys, it ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. That's where our hope is. Our hope in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves, not in ourselves, but in him and him alone. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that, that, that as we're here today and as we look at, at Joseph and Mary and all that, that they were, to realize that it was their heart that, that made the difference. Their heart made them pliable in your hands. You were able to, to work with them. 
First of all, they loved you. Second of all, they loved each other. And Lord, I I think that that through what you did with, with Joseph and Mary, you have brought us miraculous hope. A hope that in this world is the only hope that we've had. The only hope that we've ever had. And Father, I pray that you would that you would work in each of our hearts. That the heart that Mary and Joseph had is the same heart that we have today. And that what you were able to do through them and through their obedience is the same hope that, that we have in you that you can work through us. Father, there are so many people in this community, there are so many people in this world that have no hope. But we've got the answer. And that answer is in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that, that what the opportunities that we have to reach into this community, to bring that miraculous hope to others. Father, let us not, let us not fret on what's going on around us. But let us look to you in all things. You are our hope. Be with us in this. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.